This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. On the show today, you'll find out where book publishing is going and how to take advantage of it. How to identify and avoid publishing predators. What opportunities are emerging as the book trade evolves in new forms. How to avoid losing money and much, much more. Join us now as a variety of publishing pros will deliver insights and strategies to take the author to the next, next level of publishing. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd. And now, here's your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Well, it's an amazing fall day. It's the kind of day you'd love to have. And one of the things that is that one of the challenge, because I get these kind of questions all the time in working with authors, is ask what to look for, what to think about when it comes to this whole thing called printing. It, it's not just the cover design. It's just it's not just the uh, the layout and the production of it. And production is where we go into printing. Layout is pre. Production is now. All of a sudden, we're going to have a book book. And of course, uh, a couple weeks ago, we talked about ebook production. Well, we're going to talk about print production. And with me today is one of our sponsors. We're thrilled to have him. He's been with us from the very beginning of Author You, Your Guide to Book Publishing. And it's Dave Raymond. Dave has not one, not two, not three, but oh my gosh, four decades of experience in printing so maybe he could take us through a journey he is the uh been in the aside from purchasing inventory control he's worked in pre-press press bindery and he's really going to be able to deep dive into what this thing of printing is all about so dave is the uh, regional uh, sales manager with uh, Thompson Shore. So he travels. I know I always run him to him every year in May at the Author You Extravaganza. And I'm always look forward to see what kind of books they do because they actually print these gorgeous, gorgeous, um, humongous books, bios of some of the famous, famous authors. And I, I, I think that we came away with Mark Twain last year. Dave will have to let us know, but let's bring him on. Hi, Dave. How are you today? Good, Judith. Thank you for having me on. Well, I'm really glad to have you here. So that, that with your experience, I mean, maybe we need to go through kind of a buggy ride <laughs> of, <laughs> of what's gone on in publishing, I mean, in publishing printing, because it has had a huge evolution. Yes. Yes, it has. So uh, you know, in, the bu- in the buggy whip days, what, how was it done? Well, uh, it was done with, uh, to, to put the ink on the paper, uh, it kind of is the, is the same method, just uh, different equipment, slower equipment. Uh, nowadays, to uh, a lot of the, uh, the plates are made by burning lasers uh, on there, and before there was negatives that was always used where light would burn through the uh, exposed part of the negative and burn an image on a plate and then the plate would go on a blanket on press and then it'd go ink on the ink on paper. Uh, so uh, there's been a lot of changes, a lot of, uh, I think, print quality is better these days. Uh, 
and certainly with the advent of the digital press, uh, there's more options to authors and publishers who just may want to do a few books to get out there and get a feel for it. Uh, and then if they think it's going to be a large enough uh, title as far as copies goes, uh, to go into offset printing or web printing. So there's a lot of options out there, and you know things have changed a lot, and I, I think all for the better. You know, when I, I can remember when I first started uh, publishing, which was uh, my first book came out in June of 81, and St. Martin's Press was the publisher in New York. And, I, you know, through the years, I've had different publishers before I created my own press in 2000. But I can remember getting back um, once the rights reverted, which was a very common clause that used to be in, in every, every publishing contract. There was a separate clause about reversion of rights and how the author could get stuff back. And usually included in that is that we could go after the plates. Um, and there would be right. a, a cost for them. And I remember spending, oh, yeah, I had to have those plates, not even realizing. I was so naive. Oh, my gosh, Dave, was I naive. I, <laughs> I you know, I, not even thinking that you're going to change these plates. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to change the book. <laughs> you're going to need right. new plates. You'll need new plates. And what possessed me to spend $600 for the plates because I thought that's what you did. Um, and it really is so much easier with the ch changing in and out of a page with the PDF files that we upload to you typically today. So much different. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah, definitely do. That, that, that's a great point because, uh, you know, back then where you had to change, for example, a, a normal plate will have uh, up to 32 pages on one plate. So you'd have to create a whole new plate if you just wanted to change one letter in one word or a number in a formula. And now it's a matter of just changing that item with a new uh, file for just that page, and it's $8 versus almost $100 in the old days. So, yes, things, are, things have uh, progressed nicely. Yes, and not only that, let's talk about dollar value here. So you're talking about a hundred bucks in the old days, which would be equivalent to, I, I don't even, I can't, I don't even know what the factor to bring in here, but many <laughs> hundreds, many hundreds of dollars. So it, it is certainly easier for authors today, uh, which is one of the reasons why I want people to learn how to do this. Cause once you learn it, you will not forget it in the process. It doesn't mean that we're going to send you off to print your own book per se but just to know the right questions to ask. So let's get into some of these questions, Dave. What, if, if there is one question that you repeatedly hear from uh, green newbie authors and, and, and talking about printing, what pops into your mind? Well, uh, I usually get, how uh, to say, as most people are concerned with the price uh, of the job, and they want to know, a couple things. One is, what can I do to lower the price, and is the price negotiable? And let's just well, let's take the first one. Uh, what can I do to lower the price? Uh, some main things uh, that I always preach is uh, for uh, text and cover material that is being printed on. Uh, try to use 
the printer's stocking items. So they're not spending more money on getting a special item in uh, just for your book because you're going to pay a very large premium for that. Uh, and I'll uh, give you an example. Uh, let's say someone wants a 80-pound uh, uh, paper that uh, might be cream and still is uh, coated paper. Uh, no one that I'm aware of uh, stocks that paper. Uh, now, what I would do as a printer, I'd come back and say, could, instead of cream, could you use white paper? Because basically, on a thousand-copy book, and let's just say uh, 156 pages, a cream-color 80-pound paper might run you about $2,000, and a 80-pound paper, the exact same paper, but it's going to be white instead of a cream color, is going to be half of the price. Because, again, the printer generally stocks that paper. So they get a great price because they're buying about a half of a truckload at a time versus if we have to go to that 80-pound cream, we're going to buy it in small quantities, and it's going to be in cartons, and it's just going to be much more expensive. So, again, I get asked, well, how can I uh, keep the price down? My number one thing is always use materials that the printer has on hand uh, so that's that's the biggest go ahead Judith. all right so when you're when you're ch chatting with them you actually have examples of what some of that stock type of uh, I mean you have some, I mean I know what some of the things you do and I that you have some fairly consistent stuff that's stock that you just keep all the, you know, yeah. around correct so you mm -hmm. have yeah. samples of that, like at a trade show, like at the author you extravaganza, you would have samples of that. People could touch and feel and smell and all those things. Oh, yes. And I can also, as any printer should be able to, uh, we can send you uh, the, the publisher, the author. Uh, we can send them a, uh, like we have a little brochure of all the materials that we keep in stock and in inventory. And that's in cover stock, that's in uh, the lamination that goes on the cover after it's printed, and that's all our tech stock. So that, you know, if you can choose from one of those, once again, it, you know, whatever meets your needs, that's going to be your best price when the printer is done. Mm -hmm. Which is, I mean, you, do, you don't want to have to pay for Rolls Royce if the cost of a Ford Explorer might be just perfect. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's a great example. Yes, definitely. Versus versus a Kia. All right, so we have, we have to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 yeah. I have to tell everyone, Dave is based up in Michigan, and so so we're we're you know automobile land. <laughs> All right, so so let's talk about negotiating, Dave. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, so one of the so, biggest things uh, to negotiate, uh, most printers are going to give you uh, the same price uh, almost no matter what time of year it is. But uh, I, I will say that, uh, for example, um, January and early February are generally low times for most printers. That, that means that 
the number of books that we have to print are usually lowest at any point of the year during those first six weeks of the year. So it's important for you as a, uh, a publisher to know when you're going to have your files ready for the printer. Okay, because Dave, I, you, I need to have you hold that right here because okay. we need to take a quick break. Um, All right. Maybe it's your commercial time. I don't know. But, <laughs> but we'll take a quick break. <laughs> we're going to come right back. When we come back, we're going to find out how to get the best price possible when it comes to printing. This is Judith Riles. My guest is Dave Raymond with Thompson Shore. It's author you, your guide to book publishing. This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these on the Rockstar Radio Network. Many of us have dreamed of writing a book. Some of us even have. Then the hard work starts. You'll need an editor. Who will design the cover or typeset the pages? Who will format the ebook? If you're a business owner, consultant, or coach with a serious message and expertise to share, the team of experts at 1106 Design can guide you through the maze. They've helped more than a thousand authors create top quality books and avoid the not so reputable self-publishing companies. Learn more at 1106design.com. Then call Michelle at 602-866-3226. 1106design. Is there a book in you or another? Author You will show you how to create, develop, and publish your book without being hoodwinked. If you already have a book out, you'll find a supportive and brainstorming community that's connected and creative no matter where you live. Author You brings in national experts for its book camps and annual author extravaganza held each May. It has regular meetings and delivers webinars for its members on timely topics. Through Author You's extensive network, members enjoy exclusive benefits, including significant discounts for a variety of services necessary to publish. The Resource, its online book publishing news magazine, is content-heavy and it's free. If you want to create a book that has pizzazz, punch, and panache, Author You is for you. If you're a hobbyist or a casual author, it's not. Join Author You today through its website at authoru.org. Follow Author You on Twitter at Author You and on Facebook at Author You, where timely author and publishing tips and articles are posted daily. Author You, where the author goes to become seriously successful. tells a story and it's a truism that people do judge a book by its cover nick selinger and nz graphics have been in the business of producing superior graphic cover design and interior layout for self-published authors independent and traditional publishers for years he has developed a reputation for excellent work fast turnarounds and best of all affordable pricing nz graphics also produces 
ebooks, and book marketing materials such as posters, sell sheets, postcards, bookmarks, business cards, logos, and more. Books designed for his clients have won multiple book awards, including Best Book Award by U.S. Book News, multiple Evie Awards from the Colorado Independent Publishers Association, Indie Book Awards, the San Francisco Book Festival Award, and Freedom Medal Award from Valley Forge. Visit www.nzgraphics.com or call 303-985-4174 for more details about making your book the success it should be. Mention that you are an FOJ, friend of Judith's, and that you heard about NZ Graphics on your guide to book publishing. to book publishing everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask if you want to write and publish a book if you want to be successful as an author your guide to book publishing everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask is for you stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics scenarios and strategies on what to do now to get you published so let's get back to the show and here again is your host dr judith briles talking printing i want to uh before the year close out i really want to spend a couple of shows focusing on printing because it's such a critical element and um uh dave was just going in how to take advantage of the right window to get the better price so dave let's jump back to you so what what are the windows in the in the typical printer's calendar a, a typical printer's calendar is uh Usually the first six weeks of the year, say January 1 through February 15th roughly, uh, is a generally a very slow time where all the printers are looking for work. And uh, part of that reason is because most of us deal with some, certainly a, a level of larger printers as well. In the first part of the year, they're just kind of regrouping. They don't have any, very many titles going on. So that creates a lull in the printing business, and we don't want our presses to sit idle. So as a publisher, if if you told me you're going to have the files to us from sometime between January 1 and February 15, I'm going to reduce the price that I give to you because I want the work in at that time. So just piggybacking on that a little bit, it is important to know when your files are going to be ready. Not so much when you're done writing the book or it's really what the printer wants to know is when am I going to get files. And if you give a range, you know, oh, it's going to be in the first half of February, as far as I'm concerned as a printer, that's good enough. That tells me, okay, I'm going to get it when I really really can use the work. Um, But also knowing when your files are going to be here can uh, even get you a good price if it's not in that first six weeks of the year. Just because as a printer, I know that you have a good handle on your project. I can be comfortable that, you know, when you say, okay, I'm going to have the files in the first two weeks of June, uh, even though June is going to be busier for a printer than the first six weeks of the year, 
still, when I hear you're going to have files in June, then I know, hey, this could certainly be a job for us in June. Let me, you know, get a good price out to you so that I can win this title from you. So just even knowing when you're going to have the files ready makes the printer feel more comfortable about being a little bit more aggressive and getting you a better price so he can, that printer can win the work. So even so, even if it's maybe more of a more uh, a peaky time, that because right. you know it's coming, you can get it queued up and you can slip it in, versus right. having to fit it in when everything is always running full press. And now I'm going to have to pay overtime or whatever to keep it going to meet your needs. Does that make sense? Is exactly. that where I'm thinking? That's exactly where you're thinking, Judith, and you're correct. And one other thing too is. Um, for example, in a month as a company, we'll put out generally about 2,000 printing estimates for 2,000 different titles to maybe up to 500 different publishers. Uh, so we're, we as a printer, I don't ask and we don't ask as a, a, a normal thing to say when are your files going to be ready. Just because we've got so many opportunities to provide estimates on. But when somebody gives me that information, so it's important for you to give that information to your printer when you're giving them the specifications to create a price for you, let them know, hey, these files are going to be ready, you know, roughly this time, at this time. And it, I get probably, well, in a given week, I'll get up to 200 uh, estimate requests. And I will say less than 2% or maybe so four or five of those 200, people tell me when the files are going to be ready. And I will promise you this, everyone who tells me, their files are going to be ready at a particular time, I'm giving them a better price because, again, Ooh. they have a good handle on the project, and then I have an idea on when it's coming in so I can kind of help uh, solidify our budget, so to speak, by saying, okay, if I give this little bit better price, I might win the work, and that's going to help us fill up that time slot on all our equipment. Well, you know, um that I'm guilty. I have this, I'm going to admit to everybody. Sometimes I tell people this project is going to be ready to upload next week or something like that. But, you know, I haven't typically been doing it when I go out for bids for my clients. So I'm going to make sure that I always have that in because typically I don't go out for a bid unless I'm a week away from being ready to load. Okay. <laughs> Remember that with me, Dave. I'm usually a week <laughs> away from loading. <laughs> Well, you know, that's an excellent point, Judith, and I'm glad you brought that up because just like you're saying, I know that uh, I have certain publishers just like you that I know that when they ask for an estimate, I know files are going to be ready within one to two weeks. And, yeah. again, I'm providing them a better price. And on the contrary, I have publishers that I know it could be a year or two so they're not going to get that same better price because who knows when the files are going to come in because if it is a year, then I've got to reprice it anyways because paper price is going to change, cover price is going to change, there's going to be other items that are going to change. So, 
you know, I don't give that great price because I know it's going to have to be changed again down the road. So, you know, that's an excellent point, Judith. Yeah, I mean, it's just really, so I'll, I'll make sure that I always put in, and, and for our listeners, that usually when I go out for a bid for a client, I go out for anywhere from three to five bids just to see, because sometimes some people can take it faster. I mean, we're, if there's a timing thing, and I, so I, I expect, Dave, you're probably really crunched right now because a lot of people are trying to get books out for the holidays. Yes, you're exactly right. We're, we're at a busy time right now. We're, uh, again, we, do, we run 24 hours a day, all our departments. And we generally run five days a week, but right now we're running six days a week, and I've got two presses that are running seven days a week and will already through the end of the year. There's that much scheduled for them. That sounds pretty good to me. (laughs) Yes, it is. We're not complaining. Yeah, no, that sounds great. All right, so that I've learned really uh, something I did not know, that January, but it seems logical to me, January through mid-February could be the sweet spot for all of those who are listening in, that if your books are going to be ready in December, you can reach out to printers and and you could go out and get bids because they they honor stuff. I mean, they're they're really flexible, I have to tell you, but they'll honor stuff. They'll say their bids always say 30 days, but I've had them honor stuff and that you can go out there and say my files actually are ready but I'm looking for pricing and I can wait till January 1st so give me your best shot um, and I think that's great information and then always let them as Dave just said know when these files are going to be ready so let's talk about um, paper Dave because there's you talked about the stock paper but there's all kinds of paper out there. And uh, if anyone has looked at a book recently um, in, the, uh, uh, in any bookstore, where they've got just pulled down a recent book, that paper's getting thinner and thinner. So that has everything to do with weight. So I'd love to have you, we've got two minutes before our next break, I'd love to have you talk about weight a little bit. And is, there, uh, is fiction, is, is it better at a certain weight versus nonfiction? Can you help me out there? Well, uh, generally, uh, again, the weight, uh, I have uh, some publishers who use guidelines. If, if it's anywhere from, uh, say, 96 pages to 256 pages, they mm-hmm. want the bulk of the book or the thickness to be a little bit thicker so it may appear that the book is more substantial. So they mm-hmm. go to a 60-pound paper, which is a thicker paper. And then mm-hmm. if it's over 256 pages, but say less than 600 pages, they'll go to a 50-pound paper, which is going to be less expensive per sheet. Mm-hmm. And yet, because there's so many pages in the book, it's still fairly substantial. Mm-hmm. And then if it's over 600 pages, they might even go down to a 45-pound paper, which again is thinner, which is less expensive. But because there are so many pages, it's still is a substantial looking book. But, it, and I got, I've got about 20 seconds here before we break, mm-hmm. but it, what you can see through. See, I, I'm not real fond of seeing through the, the print on the other side. And what I'd love to have you do is address um, that whole scenario. Is there is there a huge difference between a 60 and a 50 and a 45? There's got to be a 45 um, and, and that area. So we're going to be right back. Dave Raymond is my guest. We're talking printing options. 
and what you need to know but didn't know what to ask. I'm Judith Riles, and you're listening to your guide to book publishing. This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these on the Rockstar Radio Network. Since 1987, Color House Graphics has set the standard for quality book production. Whether you decide to print a small quantity of books or need a large print run, depend on Color House to help you. You'll receive professional help and advice the moment you reach one of our representatives. If you mention hearing about us on your guide to book publishing with Judith Bryles, we will provide you with discount on the first order you place. To speak with a project manager, call us toll-free at 800-454-1916 or visit us at www.colorhousegraphics.com. Thompson and Harry Shore started Thompson Shore in 1972. They believed employees with great character would make up the best company. They were right. They hired people who were not only experts in bookmaking, but who were obsessed with quality and delivering exceptional customer service. Almost 40 years later, Thompson Shore remains a 100% employee-owned company. Ned and Harry knew that successful customer projects are a direct result of empowered employees. We specialize in all books for large and small publishers. Creating beautiful and well-made books, we're dedicated to pleasing our customers by making the experience a good one from start to finish. The personal touch we have with our customers allows us to be innovative in solving their most difficult challenges. Our platform also ensures that we can remain flexible to meet our customers' unique needs and expectations. Our marketing kit can create buzz for your title, enhancing the promotion of your book during infancy. When you need to test the market to gauge your future sales, we can provide digitally printed books that will transition seamlessly into a larger offset run. From ebook to hard copy to delivery, our skillful customer service teams are at the ready to answer your most pressing questions. At Thompson Shore, we know that making the highest quality books requires more than just best technologies. It requires superior customer service, professionalism to the trade, and commitment to environmental and social values. With these standards of excellence in place, you can be sure that we will always help you put your best book forward. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Coming up, you'll hear more about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. All right, with us is Dave Raymond. He's the regional sales manager with Thompson Shore, one of the premier uh, printing, book printing companies in the country. And, and I know that it has dwindled over the years. Dave, how many really full-blown printing operations that just that really uh, it, it deal with books are out there in North America now? I would probably say, Judith, to me there's uh, probably less than 25 where uh, 
five, six years ago, there was a hundred. Uh, it's just it's just gone down a lot. Uh, there's there's some that are, you know, just concentrating on offset. Uh, but really, to stay alive these days, printers have to have variable options, which you know we realized we had to go to as well. And now we offer all forms of print media, e-books, e-publishing, all of that. But uh, it's just one of those things. But like like you're saying, there's not near as many printers out there as there used to be. Uh, well, for me, it makes it easier. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, well, when I'm looking around for someone, but you know we have our own groups. I mean, I and I will tell everyone I, I know that there's there's 25 printers, and um, we will never recommend you go to Kinkos, uh, or get Kinkos. I need to say FedEx, uh, unless you need just one shot, and that's what you're doing. You're delivering it. There's several of the printers really do specialize in very short runs, and can create a really attractive book, especially if we're talking about advanced reader copies and that kind of thing. Um, so, Dave, we were talking about the weight, and I have picked up more books that I can see through, and, and I don't love it. And it's very interesting. I, uh, a friend of mine just published, she publishes with one of the mainstream New York houses. And, you know, she brought over a new book, and we oohed and awed over the new baby. And I, I had published with the, the, same, the Simon & Schuster imprint, and I had published with them many years ago. And I went picked up a book that I published over 20 years ago with them, and I'm telling you, the quality of the paper was superior. My cover was still flat and laid flat. <laughs> laid flat. Hers was a week <laughs> old and had already started the upward slope. And the thinness that you could feel in it was dramatic in relationship. I mean, we were both looking, doing this comparison. Uh, dramatic in the difference between the two. So what's up? Well, uh, let's just take a look at the cover stock uh, real quick. Uh, the two in a soft bound book, which is, is, you know, you might get a little bit of curling. You, you shouldn't, uh, but if it's going to happen, that's where it's going to happen. Um, mm -hmm. There's two basic kinds of stock. Well, they're the same stocks, but they're different thicknesses. And it's uh, the number one stock used on paperback or soft bound books is 10.C1S, and the C stands for coded. The one stand is coated one side is C1S, and 10-point is the thickness of the material. Now, again, that is the most popular because it's, it's the least expensive. However, 12-point <laughs> uh, coated one side is literally 20% thicker than the 10-point is, and it's only three cents a copy more expensive so well, then, for three we, cents a book you're going to get a much better quality cover stock all right so dave anytime i go for a bid it's always 12 point <laughs> i just tell you <laughs> yeah. so you think about that so everyone for three cents more you know of course you're going to i tell you if it's a hundred bucks more it doesn't matter that you, there is that difference between 10 point and 12 point huge it's huge it, and you know most of our uh, uh publishers who who do a fair amount of books a year they just their standard is 12 point that we still certainly have some that they want 10 point but 12 point is definitely the way to go on a softbound book 
Uh, and, and the jacket material, let's just take a look at that on a case-bound book, your jacket that wraps around the, the case of the book. Uh, again, there was a lot of problems, and there is still problems, with the thinness of a jacket material that is what we're going to call an 80-pound material. And, again, it's, it's very much light-coated one side, uh, but it's an enamel sheet. It's got coating on it. And uh, we have had troubles. We've had complaints uh, about the 80-pound paper. So, actually, two years ago, we don't even offer the 80-pound anymore. We are buying just now 100-pound rated paper. It's a little bit thicker, obviously, than the 80-pound. It's more sturdy. And we're now buying all of our jacket stock at that bulk, and we're pretty close to the, by using an 80-pound jacket stock and the amount that we're buying, we've got that price down to what we used to sell the 80-pound for. That's terrific. So, so what about a, what about dust jackets? And, um, and, and you know, I would love to have you, Dave, talk about, uh, because a lot of people don't understand, you know, when you, you, could, you could print on a case, on, on a case bound, um, you could then, you know, the, the the cover over paper, or you can you can you can on the board, or you can do the and you'll tell me with the right terminology here. Um, you can put a dust jacket on top of that, or you can just have a straight uh, the cloth with the dust jacket around it. So let's hit on that right. a little bit too. Okay. Uh, again, looking at your uh, the case, uh, let's start off with a case that's a cloth uh, on cloth. You're going to, your only real option is uh, to stamp on that, like a uh, traditional stamp is a gold foil. Mm-hmm. Uh, it used to be where, of course, a case has a back, a spine, and a front. And mm-hmm. uh, most of the printers slash binders would charge for stamping the front, another charge for stamping the spine, and another charge champ- stamping the back. Uh, um, and I will say printers still do that, but they don't have to, and we don't. And the reason is because now they have equipment where we're stamping all three at one time. So there's one die that's going down, hitting that cloth on the uh, case, and at one time stamping the front, the spine, and the back. So we're able to keep that price down, and, and certainly we pass it on to the publisher. So, and again, that that's a foil. And in foils, there's literally hundreds of colors. Uh, your uh, standard foils are golds and silvers, but they have uh, blues, reds, green, any color you want. Now, those that are blues, reds, and greens, and yellows, and different kinds, those are called pigment foils. They're slightly more than the traditional gold and silver foils. And the only reason is the foil itself doesn't cost more, but the stamping method does. You have to adjust the heat that's applied to the foil that makes it stick on the cloth. It has mm-hmm. to uh, be resting on the foil or on the cloth in the machine a little bit longer, where a gold foil, for example, it might take two seconds, and then it's released, and you move on to the next one to stamp. But in a pigment foil, you take four seconds, roughly, 
So that's why the price is a little bit more because it takes longer to apply the foil. But so, so, uh, again, you're, uh, let's look at some other ways to cover a uh, case is a printed case. So we can use what's generally used as materials, 100-pound enamel, which is roughly half the price of mm-hmm. the cloth. Uh, and you're printing on it, uh, but printing is more expensive than applying the foil. But the thing about a printed case, which is so attractive from a few standpoints, is that from a price standpoint, if you don't have to, and you probably shouldn't, put a jacket on a case that you're printing. Because whatever you were going to print on the jacket, any information, any color image, whatever you wanted to do there, you can print on a case so there really is no need for a jacket which a lot of bookstores love, I believe. Judith, you can talk on that, but yeah. they don't have to worry about the jacket getting ripped or it coming off and have to get a replacement jacket. Well, um, actually, it's the library. It's the library that's after those. Um, okay. For, for that. that would, that's because you're the, they didn't out. Usually when people buy their books, they buy them and they take it home. But I, I guess what we should tell all our listeners, if you're going to be doing a, a cloth hardbound case type book that always ask your printer for a bid for extra dust jackets. <laughs> yeah. Always get extra dust jackets because they can get damaged in transition and you will able to, to switch them in and out very quickly. Yes, excellent point. Excellent point. And Judith is exactly right. We usually do get requests for extra jackets. Now, people have used us a long time, and I can't say that all printers do this, But any extra jackets we have, because there will always be extra jackets. We print more uh, because we know we're going to waste them a little bit along the line. So there could be up to 10% extra jackets on a run, Uh, generally not more than 100. So if you're running 2,000, you're going to have 5% extra jackets. But there could be up to 100 extra jackets, almost always at least 20, and we just ship those with the bulk shipment. The, well, that, that we do that's is, a huge bonus, everybody. Listen in here. This is a huge bonus because usually you pay extra for this. Huge. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll just ship it with the bulk shipment, and, I mean, rather than throw them away, we would just assume have somebody use them, so that's our theory on that. All okay, right, we so, just ship them along. All right, terrific. All right, we're going to take one final break, and when we come back, we're going to get into talking about some of those things about files that need to be sent and what they're looking for. This is the files. My guest is Dave Freeman, and Thompson Shore is the voice here also. is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these on the Rockstar Radio Network. The book shepherding concept is simple. The publishing world is changing and so must you. You need an experienced shepherd and a guide to partner with you as you create, strategize, develop, publish, and achieve your publishing goals. 
You can't do it alone without paying the price. You can spend your money creating a book that turns out to be so-so, or you can create a book that looks and feels classy, builds your brand, and is a financial success, a bestseller. It's your choice. You choose. You need The Book Shepherd. Publishing is riddled with obstacles, sometimes nightmares for the author. You don't need problems. You want solutions. Dr. Judith Bryles will shepherd you through the maze and the chaos. At times, she's had to step in and rescue a book, a book that has been sabotaged by a publisher or by a publishing service provider or sometimes even the author themselves. Judith Bryles is the book shepherd. If you want to create a book with no regrets, give her a call today, 303-885-2207. That's 303-885-2207 or email her at judith at bryles.com. By the way, Bryles is spelled B-R-I-L-E-S. Follow Judith on Twitter at MyBookShepherd and on Facebook at TheBookShepherd. This is the Toginet Radio Network, broadcasting quality programming to the world. At Total Printing Systems, customer service is our priority. We are located in Southern Illinois. Our employees have an average of 18 years' experience and know that customer relationships are important to our continued success. We have been a short-run book printer for nearly 40 years and always stay at the forefront of technology. Our niche is from 1 to 5,000 copies. Today, we offer digital black and white and four-color high-speed inkjet printing, a cost-effective way to introduce color into your short-run titles. We, of course, offer traditional offset printing as well. Bindery is done in-house, from adhesive case binding to PUR perfect binding to mechanical binding of all types, including side sewing. We provide warehousing, kitting, distribution, inventory management, a new print-on-demand facility, streaming browser-based ebooks, and bookstore. Call us at 1-800-465-5200 for a quote on your next book project. You can also visit our website at www.tps1.com. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book, if you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. You know, in this this last quarter, I, I think it's always important that what I've always appreciated in talking with people who are really experienced, like Dave uh, uh, with Thompson Shore and, and some of the others, is that they, if, if they could see a book early on um, and they are, are some cover treatments and I think this is a great thing to remember if you're going out and you're in a position like we have at the Author you Extravaganza where we have maybe six or seven printers there that you can really have a sample of what your cover is going to be. It may not even be the final cover and you can talk to them because these guys always have ideas for suggestions for treatments on what you can do. So Dave, can you address that at all? some common things that you see that people don't think about that maybe they can do it to add flavor to it? Yes. Yes, Judith. Um, and excellent point. Uh, like you just said, you know, it's very important to come to author you and see what all of the vendors, not only printers, but 
uh, file creators, and all of that have to offer because you will get ideas. You can get your questions answered. And I can't tell you how many times when I've attended author you that someone comes up to me and I make, might make a suggestion. That, so I, I never thought of that. You know, the author or the publisher will say, and then we get into so many other aspects of the, of the book that, you know, we can mm-hmm. give recommendations that save money and, and keep the quality high and make it a good-looking book. But, again, back to the lamination. Let's look at lamination on the cover. Uh, there's uh, a gloss lamination. There's a semi-gloss lamination. There's a matte lamination, and you can get matte lamination that is what's, uh, called scuff free. Uh, personally, that's my favorite. Me too. Uh, I, I like. The, Me too. I like. It, it's a nice look. It's a wonderful feel. Ooh, uh, it's it's uh, yes. I, I have to. I have to share this with audience. I was sitting in a conference, and we were doing a panel, and um, there was there was a, a sample of a book. Uh, it was, another printer had it had it there, and I was talking about it. It's so critical for me. I'm, I'm very sensual, and I want to feel that. And I said, for example, and I referred to the person who, and, and, I, and I literally said, if you go to his booth and you pick up this book, it's almost orgasmic when you touch this. And you and got I, the whole audience broke up then, but but. He, he carried around that book with him for the rest of the conference and said, would you like to feel my book? It was the greatest single pitch he'd ever had. So, Dave, I'm sharing that with you. You may use it at the extravaganza, Thank and I you. won't tell anyone else. <laughs> well, I agree with you. It is a great feel <laughs> yeah. to that stuff-free lamination. And it was funny because the first time I felt it was at an author you show, and I, I, my marketing department sent me samples of books, and I felt that, and I called the company back. It says, this, somebody made a mistake. You sent me a specialty coding, and we don't do that. Yeah, we got that now. So that's how I learned that we even got it, the scuff free, because I just loved the feel of it. Yeah, it does. Yes, and then there's a, and one thing in these coatings, I mentioned the scuff-free matte lamination. It is literally scuff-free because regular matte lamination, for example, you could take your fingernail, lightly scrape it, and you're going to see that mark on the cover. Uh, It's better, but scuff-free, you won't see that mark. Another lamination, which is probably your most economical lamination, if it fits your book needs, is a gloss lamination. And the reason why it's a little bit more economical because the film, the actual lamination itself, is cheaper for us as a printer to buy. It's cheaper for us to apply. Uh, so that's, but again, what is cheaper? It's under five cents a book. So, so you know, if you're printing a million books, well, yeah, you got to consider that, baby. But otherwise, I definitely go with the you know scuff free mat if that meets Me your books needs. I, I would yeah I would too and let me also say this I was at a conference here I spoke at a conference uh, locally uh, up in Fort Collins Colorado a week ago and I always always walk around and meet all the, the vendors um, to number one see if I think they have the right stuff that I might want to invite them to come to the extravaganza because as Dave knows I vet people and you don't not everyone gets invited to come and secondly um, there was there was a couple of designers that were in there and I, 
every one of their books screamed to me, oh, I'm self-published. That, that, and, and I don't want a book to say I'm self-published. I want it to say, hey, I, I could have come out of any New York house. And one of the things that's going to separate that is that when you talk about a mat versus a plain old vanilla that most of the self-published use is that, that gloss lamb. Um, and that's one thing. The other thing is what's huge is different is the size. And Dave, you're seeing a, a big difference in sizes in your printing, aren't you now? Yes. For the yeah, standard wide yeah. variety of sizes, they are, and and so I said to the group that that if you if you have a female audience, if your primary reader is a female, you need to think more of an intimacy that you're going to have a relationship with this reader. So you're going to go for smaller, either a five by eight, five and a quarter by eight, five and a half by eight and a half. You're not going to go six by nine. It's 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 it is passe at this time in most cases. And that's one of those things that separate it. If you have a female, you definitely want to have that mat. It's a, it's a selling point. So listen to what Dave and I have been saying. It is orgasmic. So what can I say? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll I like that. <laughs> get myself in deep doo-doo here all right so what other what other kind of treatments what about embossing what about foil what about some of the other things that they might be able to do well uh and you do see even on softbound books where there's a lot of uh foil offerings uh embossing uh and basically embossing is you, you make a, a basically a dent in the cover. That's what the embossing is called, and then you apply a foil in that dented-in area. You don't know that as a uh, uh, publisher or a reader, but that's the actual process that happens on it. And then there's uh, one thing that we offer that's more economical than embossing is called matte etching, and it's a process that uh, we can basically do right on the press so there's not a whole lot of extra expense uh, to it, but it's where you let's say that um, let's say you have a baseball in the center of a, a picture of a baseball in the center of your front cover, and you want that baseball to look different than the rest of the cover. You could have the rest of the cover in a mat and have that baseball in a gloss coating lamination, and it's really going to stand out. So like with the baseball, you could do that with your title of your cover, as an example, too. And, again, it's called matte etching with us, and it's not as expensive as embossing, but yet it gets the same effect. And like Judith says, we can send you a sample. You know, if you say, well, what does yeah. it really look like? We can throw you off a sample of a matte etching, and, again, we'll have it on our booth when we come uh, to this year's Author you extravaganza in May, we'll have samples of all those things on our booth. And and by the way, everyone, that's May five uh, seven to nine next year. So you want to put that on your calendar. You just come to Denver, May five to seven. It'll make a huge difference. We have so much that goes on there. Um, that you didn't talk about debossing. Did I hear you talk about debossing at all? Well. Uh, I didn't talk about debossing. That's something that we have to send outside to do. Uh, ah, but, okay. Uh, and, well, and I don't mind talking about it, cause, but debossing, that's a good thing to ask your printer. Explain to them, because I always have to ask the question, now what exactly are you looking for when you're using the term debossing? Because mm-hmm. in my mind, it's done on a case only, and it's what's called mm-hmm. a blind stamp with no mm-hmm. foil. 
Exactly. Uh, so, well, you're, you're right. You're right. Exactly. So I, uh, I think and, everyone, for a visual, let's describe for our audience, where you have embossing, where you have your cover and it's raised. Debossing, would you have your cover and it's indented? So your yeah. your image would have an indent, if that will help explain what we're what I'm saying here. That's a great way to put it. So we'll do that. All right, so Dave, we actually have two minutes, so let me just, I have a, a, a couple of things. Let's do very quickly, what's the difference, what would you define really difference digital versus offset web? I'm sorry, what was that, Judith? Differences between offset printing, digital printing. Okay. Well, digital printing is generally used for a smaller number of copies. Let's quickly skip to price. Um, okay. Let's say someone asks ask me for a price on 300 copies. Uh, we're one of the very few printers who will actually go down to 200 copies using the offset process. Offset process wow. is, is different than digital. Yeah. Uh, offset is more, is more, you're going to get a better quality looking product generally when compared to a digital press. Offset is generally for a little bit longer runs, but we go down to 200 copies because that's what our university press market wants. But if someone asks me for 200 copies, up to 500 copies, I will price it digitally and offset and offer you both prices so that a digital price might be a little bit less expensive, but you're going to get better quality on the offset. Yeah, you will. Yeah. So at least we're, we're get, you know you're getting an option so that you can look at both prices and decide what's what you wanna how much you wanna spend for a particular level of quality. Exactly, and that's and I think that's going to be the last word. So Dave Raymond Thompson Shore, how do they get a hold of you? Uh, Judith, the best thing to do is our and our website is full of information. And right. that's www.thompsonshore.com. And that list, all uh, representatives, my name is on there, David Raymond. My email is on there. My phone number is on there. And that's the best way to get a hold of me. All right. There you have it. We'll see you next week. Thank you so much, Dave. Great, informative show and fun. But who thought printing could be fun? There you have it. I'm Judith Riles. We'll Thanks. see you next week. <laughs> okay part of your guide to book publishing everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host dr judith briles each